Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. DeMond Cotton and your boy, Q. Been throwing out there the question, what is something in sports you'd like to learn? So you can say that you've been on that side of things like Richard Jefferson was at Summer League as he was an official for one quarter last night. Just got a taste of what it's like to have fans booing you, have the players yelling and screaming at you. Just got a little taste of what it's like. So I talked about being a play caller. DeMond talked about being a scout. We've had some folks chime in and say they want to be the GM. Uh, I've had other folks chime in and say they want to be the, the guy that kicks the goal <laughs> to, win the, to win the World Cup as far as soccer players go. Uh, referees, uh, Major League Baseball umpires, just a few of our, our answers that we received today on the show. But we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and also the Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword is R&R. Make sure you get that keyword in there. Mailman Raider said, I'd like to take Pete Carroll's job for one play at the end of a certain Super Bowl. I would be a Super Bowl head coach champion. I think we all know what exactly he was talking about. And man, I still look back at that thinking, what in the hell was he thinking? Right? And it's great. And that's actually a great answer, Mailman Raider, because, you know, it's so easy for us to say, I would have just handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch. But like, why? Did Pete Carroll decide that it was a better idea not to do just that? Because everyone knew he was going to hand the ball off. That's to okay. Lynch. Sometimes you just do it. Look, sometimes Gotta you have they to. Zag. Yeah, well, they zagged right, <laughs> right away from the uh, from a victory. But sometimes you've got to be able to do. This is something that I remember Hugh Jackson used to say when he was the coach of the Raiders. I want to be able to run the ball when everyone in the stadium knows that I'm going to run the ball. Everyone knows what we're going to do, but we're going to do it better. It doesn't matter if everyone knows what you're going to do. If they can't stop you, it don't matter. Like, hey, Damon, I'm going to run at you. Damon, I'm running at you. Damon, I promise you I'm running. If you can't stop me, it don't matter, right? I ain't got to get tricky. CQ, but you're saying all that, and they believed in that. But he just knew that they know this, so this is the perfect time to throw it. I'm not saying it was the right move. I, it I just clearly see, wasn't. I just see what he was thinking. You know, he outsmarted himself, obviously. Sometimes we uh, we we do a little too much, right? Don't they say sometimes you, you outthink yourself, like you said? That's exactly what he did. Uh, Vegas Peters hit us with a couple of few t- uh, text messages on the Sam and Ash text sign. 69187, keyword R&R, a few different subjects. Vegas Pete said, uh, Nevada Energy recommends you set your thermostat at 77 to 78 Fahrenheit, so you're right on the mark, Q. Fans are good also. I feel for emergency workers... Uh, it's 113 outside. Wow. And then the job I want is Mark Davis Popcorn Gopher. Uh, he's been killing it in Las Vegas. So there you go. He also said Vegas Pete Part 2. If I'm around Mark Davis, I get to meet all the aces and the Raiders. There you go. Vegas Pete likes to hang out. Vegas Pete wants to kick it. I'm not mad at that at all. Yeah, yeah. Man, just that access, just to be, oh, be the guy next to the man. Right, right. It's so funny uh, because when I go to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, sometimes people think that, Mark Davis is coming in 
because a lot of times he'll, you know, he's being driven around and he's being dri- driven around in an Escalade. And so when I pull in, they think, oh, MD's here. And they're like, oh, no, it's just Q. <laughs> That's a letdown. <laughs> oh. uh, it's just that guy. Never mind. Just Q. But yeah, they, they told me one time, they said just because the, the cars are both black. So that's what they think. But hey, you know, whatever. Everybody got on their best behavior. It, right. Hey, man, right. looking outside. MD pulling right, up. Right, right, right. Hey, hey. Uh, never mind. It's just Q. Ain't no big deal. It's just Q. He ain't nobody. Uh, got a text from the 707. We were doing t- uh, training camp two a days. We were talking about the Denver Broncos. And this text says, I hate to admit it, but the more I hear about the Broncos, the more nervous I get. Russell Wilson is the absolute perfect quarterback for that Shanahan outside zone system, and their D was already good. I'm not saying they're going to be better than the Raiders, but they're going to be good. That's a text from the 707 on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We did do that uh, training camp two-a-day in the first hour of the show, talking all things Denver Broncos. And I'll tell you, you know, listening to Brandon, and I know Brandon's not going to just feed, feed you a bunch of lines, and that's the thing about it. When we get these guys on to talk about the team, it's not guys that are just looking through, you know, Broncos glasses or Kenzie Chiefs glasses. I mean, these are guys that are going to be real deal about it. Just like John McClain, he'll tell you the truth. What did he say about the Houston Texans running game? It was god-awful, <laughs> right? I mean, he just keeps it real. Like, those are the kind of guys that we want on because we want to get the truth. There's, I mean, there's a lot of positivity coming out of Denver right now about the Broncos. Now, again, I still hold out. Because I want to see how Nathaniel Hackett, as the head coach, is able to uh, take over the reins as the head coach and the CEO of a team. It's one thing to be the, the offensive coordinator. It's another thing to be the play caller. It's another thing to be the CEO of the whole team. And he wasn't a play caller in Green Bay. He was just the OC. Now, I'll say this as it pertains to Josh McDaniels. We talk about how much better of a play caller he is than the previous regime. And I do believe that. But as I just mentioned about Nathaniel Hackett being the CEO... Josh McDaniels has to be the CEO now, too. So now not only is his responsibility getting the plays in and getting everything right, it's also overseeing what's going on over here. You know, in this scenario, what special teams are going to do, in this scenario, what defense is going to do, in this scenario, you know, making sure everything's aligned, making sure that everything is perfect on game day, you know, whatever this plan is going to be. This, I mean, there's a lot of responsibilities that go into being a head coach more than just what his responsibility used to be where it was like, hey, just worry about the offense. Just worry about the offense. Like That's what I'm interested in, and we haven't really talked about that going into training camp. I'm interested to see how Josh McDaniels runs a training camp, right? Because but, before, he had all he had to do was be the offensive coordinator. Yeah, but I do think that he's going to be more prepared, you know, that second time around, mm-hmm. whereas the Nathaniel Hackett, not like those first day on the job jitters, but just maybe a little second-guessing yourself, is this the right thing? But Josh McDaniels, he already knows what's not the right thing. He already knows what not to do for the job. So I think think that that's going to give him that bit of an edge, how he's going to run a training camp. Hey, maybe some of the things that I did in Denver, some of the good things in New England, that's that perfect combination now. For sure. No, I agree with that. And I think that having the Hall of Fame game is going to help. You know, it's another another trial run where it doesn't matter. If you get it wrong, it's fine. It's the first preseason game, you know. But it gives you another opportunity. It's like a dress rehearsal. It gives you one more opportunity to go out there. And I think that that's going to help the Raiders, and I think that's going to help Josh McDaniels. And obviously, like you mentioned, that experience that he got in Denver will definitely help. But it's been a while since he's actually had to be the CEO of the team. And so the one thing that I remember, remember when Sean McVay took over with the Rams? I should ask Vinny. I'm asking about, I'm talking about the Rams. Vinny has all the insight on the Rams. But remember when he took over as the head coach of the Rams, and then he had Wade Phillips as defensive coordinator? Like, if you notice on the sideline, Sean McVay would never pay attention to what was going on defensively. I'm not saying he wasn't paying attention, but he'd be huddled up with the offense. He'd be sitting on the on the Gatorade thing, you know, working up some plays and everything, while Wade Phillips, who was a former head coach in the league, 
was able to just run the defense and take care of business. So he was able to delegate and say, hey, you got that. Let me run this. Now, eventually, Wade Phillips was no longer there. Obviously, I think as Sean McVay got more comfortable and comfortable being the head coach, he probably took a more hands-on approach with the whole product. But early on, he really was able to focus in on the offense because he had a guy seasoned and experienced in Wade Phillips. Yeah, but you said like where he could get some you know, delegated. He, maybe he's taking on a bigger role now. But even his past defensive coordinators, they are still all top-notch guys. Brandon Staley, head coach. Raheem Morris should probably get a head, another head coaching look as well. So I'm not saying that he's still as dedicated to the offense as he was his first year, but all of his defensive coordinators have still been pretty darn good. Yeah, I, could, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'd agree with that, you know. And so obviously we'll see how everything shakes out, but it's it's a, you know, it, it's a different ball game when you're in charge, right? It's like it's like doing a, being a radio dude. It's easy to come in and do a radio show, right? From our point of view, from my point of view, it's easy to wake up in the morning, prepare for a radio show, and come in and execute it. It's all the other stuff in between. It's the meeting with the GM. It's the meeting with the talent. It's the meeting with this team. It's the meeting with that. It's the meet. It's those things. It's this, you know. Hey, decision on this. Decision on that. Oh, hey, this went wrong. Oh, this guy called in sick. Oh, this is happening. That's the headache. <laughs> this is the kumbaya part. Coming in through these doors and getting to talk on the radio for three hours. Oh, that's great. Let's do this. Let's sign up for the next eight hours. This is fantastic. It's everything that leads up to it that's not, you know, the show part. That's that's what becomes difficult. Got a tweet from my guy, Vice Raider. Damn, Q. Sorry to hear about your daughter's baby daddy issues, but that was some good radio. <laughs> and then he said, I'd like to be the guy that chooses the walk-up intros for players as they enter the stadium or come to the plate for an at-bat. That's a cool job. And I, I have a little bit of insight on that job. I really do because, as I mentioned before, I was the I was the uh, the PA guy at Baylor for the softball. And I'll tell you, if you're going to pick a sport to be the PA guy for, make it softball because the game is a lot shorter than baseball. And I love baseball, but I wouldn't want to be the PA guy for baseball because those games could go for so long. And at some point, especially, and well, I, I was doing softball, so I had a lot of tournaments, so it would be like an all day event sometimes. After certain so long sitting down, I'm like I, I'm like nervous, right? I was like, man, I got to get up and go. So I couldn't sit there patiently. I'd start getting up in between innings and start walking around a little bit. And they're like, hey, you, you, you know, you got to make this announcement between innings. I was like, I know, but I got to make my legs move a little bit. But getting back to the intro songs, that is really cool. What I learned is that that was what the players pick. They pick their music, right? They pick their music, and it's so funny because the the person in charge of actually playing the music has the most difficult time actually coming up with the right, either the right 20 seconds or, like, it's the hardest thing. And if the player hears it and they don't like that 20 seconds, no, start it here. No, have it end here. No, don't say my name until this beat hits. I mean, there's so many different rules to this, and it's all from the players. You know, it's like they they were I forget what song it was, but but one of the uh one of the girls for Baylor, it was Jesse Scroggins. I remember the the player like it was yesterday. She did not want me to start to say her name until the beat dropped and it had a long intro. It was like shh, boom and then once that boom, then it was like now batting is, you know, that like like it, the timing had to be right or else that at bat was going to be wrong. And if that at bat was wrong, guess whose fault it is? Oh man. It's not hers, it's mine or it's the music's fault. That was it. Or if they go on a on say like a a, a a bad streak, like maybe they they go three games without a hit. Uh, I need my intro music changed because that it's the music's fault, you know. Because baseball is a very superstitious type sport, so it's like, 
oh, got to change my music. Well, I need this song. Oh, I need that song. Oh, coach won't let me play this song. I mean, it's just, oh, my gosh, there's so much to go into it. When do these conversations happen about the music? Is this pregame? Is this whenever you got a chance to talk to Q? It's all the time. And, look, there's times where text messages would be coming up from the dugout, right? From the dugout, from certain coaches, they'd say, hey, uh, can you do this? Or can you – like, there was – I'm telling you. We're not saying that last strikeout's on you, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you kind of didn't follow the cue. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, now, there was a lot of pressure sometimes, you know. And, and sometimes it was – because I'm always hyped all the time, right? I always got a lot of energy. So I would, I would give some hype to the opposing team, you know. And I wouldn't give them, like, super hype, right? I would be, you know, like, Jesse Scroggins, right? That's the Baylor girl. You know, the other – Say, like, University of Texas, I'd say, I don't know, coming to bat, Kayla Burns or whatever like that. And they're like, oh, that's too much energy, Q. Dumb it down. Dumb it down. Quiet it down. Whose side are you on? Right. Coming to bat, it's Kayla Burns. You know what I mean? It's like, how boring is that? <laughs> but it was cool because all the girls would be like, hey, PA guy. You know, it's like, I, I never really had a name. It was just like, hey, what's up, PA guy? I was like, hey, what's up, Baylor softball player? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Man, I'm not gonna lie, you kind of took a little of the sales out, took the wind out of the sales <laughs> of what would have been. Who's that vice raider? Yeah, it was like, oh man, that'd be a real. I'm just cool trying to tell him, man. I'm just trying to tell him the job, man. I'm trying to, hey, before you want to sign up for the job, maybe, maybe get a little background on it. Because one thing about Richard Jefferson, I noticed because you know he did like a little interview, yeah. with the commentary team about like oh, how hard it was. Yeah, he was sweating. I know. I'm telling you, man, these jobs aren't easy. They're not easy at all, but we'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Having a little bit of fun today. That's just that's what we do around these parts. Have a little bit of fun. Who we got up? Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What up, Q? What's up, Duran? I hope you guys are doing good, man. Hey, I know it's hard to put a show together, uh, and I appreciate what you guys do, man. Raider Nation, we, we definitely appreciate this. We, I mean, I've been a Raider fan for almost 40 years, and we had – no, nowhere to go to, like what you said before. Um, uh, one of the things I would like to do if I had a chance in sports would be the referee of a heavyweight fight. Uh, you know, back back in the days when Ali or even Tyson's fight, I would, even though it didn't last long, but I would like to be the uh, the ref in the in the ring for a heavyweight fight. I think that'd be that'd be a good one. Um, I'm calling. I, I know everybody's looking at the charges. I, I see everything. They got us picked. I mean, uh, picked to take fourth. Uh, question for you guys: Why? Why is Derek Carr rated so low? And also, um, why are we? Why are our division we picked to take fourth? I mean, some some people, most of the people have us taking third or, or fourth in Vegas. Our own city has us uh, not winning over eight games, and and and, and that's crazy. Is it is it because of car, um, or why why are we so low? Uh, thank you for the call. Good stuff, my man. I appreciate you. I think as far as why the Raiders are so low, as far as they have what the season has them at eight and a half wins. I believe that's the number uh, eight and a half for this season. And, and last year they had them really low at six and a half and the Raiders went way over that. I just think that it goes back to the way that the Raiders won a lot of games. I think it also goes back to the fact that the Raiders don't have a lot of depth in a lot of people's eyes, including mine. I don't think that they have a lot of depth. And so I think if you get hit with a few injuries here and there, especially in some key parts like the offensive line uh, or the cornerback position, uh, the Raiders could be in trouble. Right. So I think that that's a, a couple of areas. And then, the obvious, and I'm not saying that to you, but I, I mean, just my opinion, the obvious is 
Of course, everyone's going to praise Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And look, they've won the division so many times. You have to, my opinion, by default, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, just by default, if you ask me right now who's going to win the AFC West, I'll tell you the Chiefs just because they've done it so many times. So until they don't do it, I'm going to just continue to pick them. But I'm not saying that they cannot be dethroned because I think if any year that a team is going to win the AFC West not named Kansas City, it's going to be this year. Yeah, because four conference championship appearances in a row, they just got to – Right. They just got to fall off. There's like a strategy in Ben. Yeah, it, it the window don't stay open forever, right? <laughs> yeah, there's like a strategy in Ben. It's like, hey, if that team keeps winning, just put even more money on them to lose because eventually they have to lose if they're on the streak. So some this year, it may be the year, but it's got to happen. There's got to be a year where they don't win the division. Right. They can't just keep winning it. No, I mean, you, you wouldn't think so. But then again, I mean, look how long the Patriots had their run, right? Now, of course, they had Tom Brady, but still, they I mean, they had their run for a very long time where they won the division. I'm not saying Kansas City is going to do that. Again, I think that this year I would not be shocked at all if any of the teams, hell, I think that the Raiders could win the AFC West. I believe that with my heart, that they could definitely win it. But they obviously have to avoid injury. They have to avoid shooting themselves in the foot in key situations. But they have the talent to get it done. They're just not loaded as far as behind the the starters. You know, the guys behind the guys are the ones that I'm questioning. Like, say Trayvon Mullen goes down, then what? Right? Good point. You know what I mean? Because right now you're wondering who the cornerbacks are anyway. You don't know if it's going to be Trayvon Mullen, Rocky Sin, if it's going to be Anthony Averett, Rocky Sin, Anthony Averett, Trayvon Mullen. I mean, you don't know who's going to be the outside guys. Can Nate Hobbs be moved to the outside? Right, right. But the, the, the point is, who's the guys behind those guys? Do they have anybody? Not really. That's why I talked about a lot throughout the course of the offseason, go out and get a veteran corner. So many people call and talk about the linebacker position. Denzel Perriman, he started the show. Feel good about him. Feel good about Devon Diablo. I even think Jayon Brown could be a player, right? What if one of those guys goes down? Remember last preseason? Remember when they went up against the Rams, all the losses that they had as far as guys getting injured, including uh, old boy from UNLV? Javen White. Yeah, Javen White, who's now what, in New York with the Jets. Is yep, he still yep. there? Yeah. He was the guy everyone, including myself, was excited about. I thought he had an opportunity. He goes down with an injury. Then they had a, a, another linebacker that was supposed to be a big deal. He went down with an injury. I think he's in Chicago now. Nicholas Morrow. Who, yeah, Nicholas Morrow. I mean, look, I, mean, that, I forget the name so quickly because they're already gone. But there was a, a position that looked like it was kind of deep at one point. Got hit with injury just so fast. Boom, boom, boom. It's like, oh, damn, what are you going to do? The Raiders had to trade for Denzel Perryman. Now, it worked. It worked out great. But you don't always get that lucky. Yeah, and also the Raider Max on call there. When he's talking about why the Raiders always picked last, hey, if their fate, like the prediction is eight and a half wins, it's also like those conversations that we have about Derek Carr. Why is he outside of the top ten? Well, somebody, it's only ten spots. Right. You know, somebody's got to come in last in the division. Maybe enough people aren't giving them their credit. But if they're still saying, hey, the Raiders are going to win eight games, but just finish last in the division, that just shows right. how stacked this division actually is. Right, I agree. And, and the other thing about, you know, Carr and, and everyone saying that he's the fourth best quarterback in the division, I can I would have no problem if you said, well, Carr's better than Justin Herbert. I would have no problem with that because Herbert has a very small sample size of what he's done. Now, everyone believes that Herbert's going to be the end-all, be-all, but until he's done it, I, I would have no problem with you saying, yeah, Q, he hasn't pro- proven it yet, though. Let me see him make it to the playoffs before I say that. And I would say, okay, you're he, that's fine. That's fine. Everyone believes he's going to be the end-all, be-all, but you have to wait to see it. And the one thing I know about the Chargers, and we talk about them all the time, every time we say that they're going to be great or watch out for the Chargers, something happens and they get snakebin every single time. I don't wish injury on anybody, but a lot of times 
injuries happen to key positions or their special team unit sucks or their head coach goes for it on fourth down in his own territory, like a bonehead decision. I mean, there's all kind of things that happen to that team for some reason. It just happens all the time. Or was they were the team, right, with Young Way Koo, the yeah. kicker where they yeah. blew like the first two, yeah. three games every, of the every, season? Yes, everything he did was a Young Way Koo. <laughs> that was a new curse word. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, hey, man, you get you give him back those field goals. Young Way Koo! <laughs> like every time you heard that, it was always someone yelling that. I thought that was a new curse word. I thought that was some new slang. Because all that you heard was them yelling at that dude because he had missed the extra point. He missed a field goal, botched a snap, you know, like a snap was botched, and he just, I mean, couldn't get it. I mean, there were so many things that were going wrong. But, yeah, special teams unit was terrible. There was always a problem. So, and I've fallen for that. I've fallen for the Chargers hype before. I've told people, oh, man, the Chargers are going to be really good. They have this, that, and the other. And I'll give you a great argument why they're going to be good. And then all of a sudden something happens. Like, yeah, Q, what happened? That team won six games. I don't know. I don't know. It's just who they are. Just what happens. So if, if you were to say that, hey, man, until Justin Herbert makes it to the playoffs, he's going to be the fourth best quarterback in the division, fine. I'm cool with that. I don't think there's a problem with Derek Carr being on the you know honorable mention as far as uh, you know the, the top ten quarterbacks in the league. As you mentioned, only ten of them could be there. I will say on that list, I, I, had, a, I had a problem with Deshaun Watson being nine and Dak Prescott being ten. Those are the two I would have moved out. And if you want to put D.C. in there, I would have put Lamar Jackson at nine. I would put D.C. at ten. But I think we're splitting hairs. Right, I talked about uh, throwing or going to the the rankings of the top ten running backs in the league. That came out today. They still have uh, wide receivers, they still have tight ends, and they have offensive tackles that they're going to release. We already know that one of the top wide receivers is going to obviously be Devontae Adams. That's going to come out tomorrow. Should be one. Tight. Yeah, I agree. He should be one. If he's not one, he's going to be two. Tight ends. We all know Darren Waller is going to be on the top ten list. That's coming out on the fourteenth. He should be one or two, in my opinion. And then offensive tackles come out on Friday, the 15th. I don't know. Maybe Colton Miller will make it. Mm. Maybe. Maybe he'll be a top 10. Maybe he'll be an honorable mention or a guy on the outside looking in. As far as running backs go, though, they released that today. Thought there might be a case for Josh Jacobs to make the top 10. He did not. He did not make the top 10. Thought, okay, maybe he's on the uh, honorable mention list. Uh, No, he was not on the honorable mention list either, but he was a guy that received votes. But he wasn't on the honorable mention list either, so... There's that. I thought that I did think that he was at least going to get, you know, uh, honorable mention, but he didn't. So there's that. That's a bit surprising. I was kind of surprised by that, too. I'm not too sure exactly why he wasn't at least an honorable mention. The, the top 10 running backs were Derrick Henry, one, Jonathan Taylor, the Colts, two, Nick Chubb of Cleveland, three, Dalvin Cook, Minnesota, four, Alvin Kamara, five, the Saints, Joe Mixon of the Bengals, six, Christian McCaffrey. I have a problem here because he hasn't played that much in I don't know two years he's been he's been out of the game for a while because he's been so banged up so they have him at number seven Najee Harris from the Steelers they have at eight Aaron Jones of the Packers at nine and then Javante Williams of the Broncos at number 10 he was a rookie last year but he did some really good things I I could see him being at number 10 I could see Aaron Jones being higher than nine I could see Najee Harris probably being a little higher than eight Christian McCaffrey I could see out of the top 10 Straight up out of the top ten because he hasn't he's not available. Again, your best ability is availability. Honorable mentions, Austin Eckler of the Chargers, Zeke Elliott of the Cowboys. I have a problem with that. Saquon Barkley, again, he hasn't been available that much. I wouldn't I wouldn't have put him in there. And then also receiving votes, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson. Hey, man, uh, it's one of those things that I was kind of like, ah, why isn't he up there? But, man, there's a lot of good running backs in the league. But to your Christian McCaffrey point, 10 games in the past two seasons combined. Right. 
you can't be on the top ten list. You can't. It's not. It's not the top ten and in, in ten. It's not ten and ten. <laughs> Come on, man. That's yeah. I just. I don't. I don't understand that one. Christian McCaffrey. Voters aren't sure what to make of McCaffrey, who has proved to be brittle since signing a four-year, sixty-four million dollars extension in twenty twenty. If you, if that's your opening statement, how in the hell do you put him on the top ten list? Because when he's on, he's on. But he's not on. He's proved to be brittle. Is what they he, they called him brittle. They didn't say injury prone, Demond. They called him brittle. Not you know, a, even even some of these numbers. I'm kind of like, oh, but when he does play, I mean, it's nothing outstanding. It's nothing world beating. These past two seasons, not as dynamic as some other other. Okay, it says not as dynamic as some others. Can't stay healthy, said an NFC exec. He's missed 23 games the past two seasons. I'm guessing Carolina would give him less te- touches in efforts to preserve him. How how are these the opening statements and he's in the top 10? Haven't heard one positive. I haven't either. Others aren't ignoring the brilliant playmaking, even in spurts. McCaffrey averaged 112.1 scrimmage yards per game last year, fourth best in the NFL. Did you see Carolina's offense after he went down, an AFC scout said. He makes the game easier for everyone when he's in there. He draws attention from the defense that you can't duplicate. That proved true with quarterback Sam Darnold, who was solid through three games. Okay. That proved true with quarterback Sam Darnold, who was solid through three games. With McCaffrey in the lineup. Three games! You put him in the top ten because of three stinking games? Those must have been three good games. <laughs> Didn't they start the season? Yeah. Hey. Yes, they did. They started 3-0. and oh. And then they went from the penthouse to the outhouse. Because they only ended up with the season winning two more games. Darnold had five total touchdowns, two rushing to one interception during the Panthers' 3-0 and oh start, but finished the year with 13 interceptions in 12 games and now has a cloudy outlook with the team in 2022. McCaffrey will be higher on this list next year, an NFL offensive coach said. He's still young. Matt Rule. <laughs> <laughs> Sign Matt Rule. Right. I don't I don't get that at all. I, I really don't. I have a real deal problem with McCaffrey there at number seven. I just cannot I cannot sign up for that. And I'm not saying Josh Jacobs should be in that spot, but we talk about Josh Jacobs and the fact that he's missed some games over the course of his career. He's only missed a couple. This dude's missed 23 in the last two seasons. 23! Michael Jordan's number, 23! Like that number, 23! He missed those. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. Raider Nation, let me know what you think about the top 10 running back list. Uh, according to Jeremy Fowler, again, he put it out on ESPN.com. You can check it out. The top 10 go as, as follows. Number one, Derek Henry. Number two, Jonathan Taylor. N- number three, Nick Chubb. Four, Dalvin Cook. Five, Alvin Kamara. Six, Joe Mixon. Seven, Christian McCaffrey. Eight, Najee Harris. Nine, Aaron Jones. Ten, Javante Williams. And Raiders running back Josh Jacobs also received votes. He was not an honorable mention. Austin Eckler, Zeke Elliott, and Saquon Barkley were honorable mentions. Let us know about it. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. This is Sam and Ash text line. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. Got a little bit of cover three NFL news and notes on the way. As we start to wind down, get ready to close out the show. I think I'm going to head over to Thomas and Mack Center, check out some summer league action. The Warriors and the Celtics are going to be playing around 6 o'clock, so going to go check that out and see what it's all about. You know, see what they got cooking 
on the hardwood. And uh, again, I love summer league action being here in Las Vegas. Love to go check it out and just see some of the young dudes in action. And you never know what you're going to see. Hell, you might see Richard Jefferson go out there and be an official. He said he wants to do it again. That'd be cool. You know what? He also looks like an official. He has. He does. He if he wasn't has six look. seven, yeah. He looks like yeah, yeah. He's a basketball official, right? He had to look to him. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. He did it. He did it all right, man. I'm not mad at him. I was actually. I thought that was really cool that he actually went out there and did that just to see what it was all about. So one of the questions that we threw out there to you uh, on the Raider Nation listener line, also the Salmon Ass text line, was just what job would you like to do in sports that would put you on the other side, would put you into the shoes of uh, someone that you you know haven't been in the shoes of, and just to see what it's like, like Richard Jefferson did with the officiating. DeMond was talking about being a scout. I was talking about being an offensive play caller. We've heard all kind of different responses from MLB umpires to uh, being uh, uh, other other officials, uh, the replay official, all that good stuff. So that's one of the questions that we threw out there uh, to you on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, matter of fact, my guy... Uh, my guy, Vice Raider, had talked about being the being the guy that picked up the the, the walk up music in baseball, and I really I kind of discouraged it after my experiences as a PA guy for softball. And Mailman Raider said, uh, "I may be Christian when it comes to PA for softball. That's too much." Laughing my ass off, and uh, what he means by that is uh, uh, the daughter's baby daddy's name is Christian, and that's the laziest dude ever. So basically, Mailman Raider is saying, "Yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm gonna do like Christian on that job and say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks." That's just too much work. So I'm not I'm not mad at that at all. And then uh it was funny because Damon, you mentioned uh you mentioned uh, uh the Vice Raider that hey, uh you might be discouraged after Q said that and, and uh Vice Raider responded on Twitter. I'm not discouraged about uh Q giving great insight about what it takes to do PA music person for athletes. There are jobs in sports that I can do and who knows, you may see me doing media relations in the future for a certain Las Vegas team. So Vice Raider dropping a little Woo. Little nugget right there. I've seen him on Twitter. He's been very active. I've seen Vice Raider hanging around the Legion Stadium. I'm just putting the two and two together. I'm putting the breadcrumbs together. That would be me. That would be my like, hey man, buddy, let me tell you. You I don't know if you want what you're asking for. Well, Katie's gone. <laughs> so <laughs> So it's a lot easier. <laughs> no, hey, yo. no disrespect, but damn. It wasn't the easiest uh, you know, situation. <laughs> just saying. All right, that was too Yeah, much. no comment. Yeah, man, let's uh, cover three. Yeah, let's go ahead and keep it moving along. Uh, Gizmo said, <laughs> Gizmo said, uh, talking about the top 10 uh, running back list that was put out on ESPN.com. Uh, outside of the top five, that top 10 running back list, list looks like a who's who in popularity and social media. At least put Jacobs in the honorable mention. He's a cl- he's the closer for crying out loud. Let's go Raiders. And yeah, I uh, again, I looked at that top ten list, and uh, he mentioned the top five looked like they were legit. And then everybody else, Javante Williams came in at ten for the Broncos. Aaron Jones, number nine for the Packers. I think that Aaron Jones deserves to be higher than nine. Najee Harris from the Steelers. I like what he did his rookie year, but this one that gets me is number seven. I went on a long rant about that, but Christian McCaffrey at number seven, I just can't see it. This dude missed twenty three games the last two seasons. No way I could put him in that top list. Uh, Joe Mixon number six. So. I'm good with that. Alvin Kamara, number five. I'm, I'm decent with that, even though he was banged up quite a bit last year as well. So uh, there you go. That's that's a couple of good responses right there. Uh, let me check Twitter to see what I have. Oh, Aaron hit us up with a tweet. I wanted to make sure to get this one in as well, talking about Josh Jacobs. I'm a big Josh Jacobs guy. His first two seasons rushed over 1,000 yards, and last season he was over 1,000 yards in total scrimmage yards. He's not flashy, but the dude handles his business and is super productive. I think that's worth an honorable mention. I agree. I agree. I, I didn't think that 
receiving votes was fair for Josh Jacobs. Uh, again, as I know, he's missed a, a few games, but he ain't missed 23 games in two seasons. Think about that. We know the value of the running back position has gone down. Guys like Christian McCaffrey who get the big bag and then miss 23 games the next two seasons is part of the reason why the value of the running back goes down. Guys like Josh Jacobs should be calling Christian McCaffrey and saying, can you get your backside on the damn field? You're messing up my bag because he ain't out there. And all and, and that just lends to the, the argument, see, see, running backs can't stay healthy. Running backs can't stay healthy. I mean, again, Josh Jacobs is going to miss a couple games a season. We know that. That's what he's done so far in the league. Every year he's missed a couple games. But he ain't missed nothing close to that. Nothing. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is basically all the offense that the Panthers have. And when he was out there, he was really good. But he just ain't been out there in a really long time. So that would that would be tough. That's a tough pill for me to swallow when it comes to talking about putting him in the top 10 I just and, and putting him in number seven. I just can't do it. Just for that fact alone, that he doesn't have the... The I mean, he didn't even have the game time. Just didn't have it. I'm surprised Zeke didn't get any love either. I know he was on the honorable mention list, but man, Zeke's not top ten anymore. No, he's not. I agree with that. I, I mean, look, you know where what he's top ten at? Looking at Tony Pollard on the sideline. He's on the sideline. Tony Pollard's in the game. I guarantee you, this is Zeke's last year in Dallas. I promise you that. I'll say, that. look, you can write it down. No, Jerry wouldn't do that to him. Hell, July 12, 2022. <laughs> Zeke Elliott will not be a Cowboy in 2023. I'll tell you that right now. There's no way he's going to be a Cowboy after this season. If his contract would have been a little bit more flexible, he wouldn't be a Cowboy this year. Tony Pollard will definitely be the guy. You know how long they've been trying to make Tony Pollard the guy? All the years I was there in Texas, like, man, Tony Pollard's going to be a great one-two punch with Zeke. Well, really, Zeke's not really that guy anymore. He's really slowing down. And to their credit, Zeke's really not that guy anymore. He hasn't been that dude. I don't know if it's Mike McCarthy and his coaching style and or Kellen Moore and his play calling style. A lot of that has to do with it because Kellen Moore is pass, 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 and really the guy that makes his offense go a little bit better, who fits his offense a little bit better, is Tony Pollard. It's not Zeke Elliott. I also credit Zeke a little bit for his own decline. I think he's not in the best shape anymore. I mean, when he came into the league, he was, you know, half shirts, and you saw his abs, and he was ripped up. Not really quite that guy anymore. He's a little bit more comfortable. I don't want to say he got fat and happy, but he got a little happy. I ain't going to say he got fat, but he got a little, you know, he got a little happy. So, I, I uh, yeah, and his his contract, his money is way too high. Oh, yeah, he's under contract until uh, 2026. Right. Yeah, but he'll be under contract until 2026. He'll just be with another team next year. <laughs> there ain't no way he's going to be playing with the with the Cowboys next year. I promise you. He'll play this year because they have to. You look at his contract. What's, what's, what's the time he can get out? What out does he have? Give me that. That'll be that'll be a good one. I bet you that they have an opportunity to move on from him following this year. And when they do, they will. Simple as that. But yeah, he's he's fallen off. I'd have definitely put Josh Jacobs in the honorable mention before I put Zeke Elliott in there. I, hell, I would have put Josh Jacobs in there before I put Saquon Barkley. What's he done? Uh he was pretty good his rookie season. Okay. What year what year in the league is he going into? Four? Yes, he is. <laughs> He was great. He was pretty good his rookie year. That rookie season. Yeah. So and that, Zeke, it'd be more um, flexible for the Cowboys to move on to him after next season. I don't know what it means, but like the dead cap hit, yeah. you know, it decreases with right. each year. So right. next year is the year where it's like, oh, that dead cap hit, not that bad. Only about $10 million. Right, right. Mailman Raider can at least replace Jacobs on the mentions in place of Zeke or Barkley. He's missed a lot more time than Jacobs as well. Exactly. 
Just co-sign exactly what we just said. Absolutely. Mailman Raider, you're spot on. I knew you were a genius. <laughs> now, if you disagree with this, I'd be like, what are you talking about? What is wrong with you? No, that's, I'm telling you, man, those guys, and th- that's the reason why the position has been devalued because these guys get the big time contracts and they get banged up. I mean, look at this list. You want to take it a step further? Derrick Henry, I know he came back last year, but did he miss time? A little. Okay. He missed, he missed, he missed a nice chunk of change. He missed quite a bit of games last year, but the Titans were already so far ahead that they were able to kind of, you know, weather the storm, and they were okay with that. I still think Derrick Henry is a great running back. Don't get me wrong. But he got a little bit of a contract extension. I mean, he didn't get a super bag, but he got enough. Got injured. Jonathan Taylor, he's really good. Really good. Nick Chubb, he's really good. Dalvin Cook, he's missed a lot of time. And he did tear the ACL and, and what else? He's had he's had some injury bugs as well. He's never played more than 14 games in any of his five NFL seasons. That's Dalvin Cook. Kamara, we know he missed missed times. He's he's gonna miss some time this year, probably due to suspension, but he missed time. Joe Mixon, he's he he got he got a contract extension. He got a little bit of a bag. He missed some time. C Mac, I don't have to go any further on him. Najee Harris. Had a rookie year last year. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has been the most reliable guy out of this whole list. He's done. He was doing. He did some really good things in Green Bay. I like Aaron Jones a lot. And he was a what? Fourth round pick out of UTEP. What round did he go in? I think fifth it was a, round. Fifth round. There, there you go. And that that is the argument that every talent evaluator has in the league right now. You can get a running back in the fifth round, fourth round, third round, and still get the quality. What did the Raiders go and do this year? Got Zamir White in the fourth round. Doubled down and got Britton Brown in the seventh round. Aaron Jones, I just said in this top ten list, probably the most productive guy out of this list outside of Derrick Henry is Aaron Jones. And, oh, by the way, Derrick Henry was a second-round pick. No, man, he should have been the first. I don't disagree, but they got him in the second round. Everyone in the league decided that they were going to pass on him at least once. The Raiders passed on him twice. But they sure did. Who did they get? J- Jihad Ward. Oh. Why, do, why do I always bring that up? Why? <laughs> why do I always decide? Is that who it was? Was it Jihad Ward? Is that who they selected in round two, one pick before the Titans got Derrick Henry? That It was him, wasn't it? Uh, let me, I'm pulling up the 2016 draft right now. I think it was Jihad Ward because he was out of some school near Chicago, and that's where the draft was. And nobody even knew who he was. When they selected him. I remember he didn't even get any cheers. Yep, Jihad Ward. Yeah, exactly. And where, what school did he go to? Illinois. Come Boom, on. I mean, that, that, that ain't, it ain't like a hole in the wall. Hey, no, I didn't say it was. And that's the point. Nobody cheered for him in the whole place. I was there. Nobody in the building cheered for him. Nobody. You know if it's close to his family, his family had to be there, right? Nobody cheered for him. Nobody. I knew then there was a problem. And then Derrick Henry went next. And, well, there you go. Do you imagine Derrick Henry as a Raider? And I know I could play that game. I can go through so many draft picks with not just the Raiders, multiple teams, and think, oh, man, you know what that, the next guy was? The next guy could have been so great. But that Jihad Ward got me, ran me hot, man. It ran me so hot because I was there at the draft, and I kept saying, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Come on, Reggie McKenzie. It's going to be Derrick Henry. Come on, Derrick Henry. Let's go. Like, I'm so pumped. And, and my old radio station, they used to video me. 
during the draft when the Raiders pick came up because they wanted to see my immediate reaction. Because they always say, like, oh, Q, what do you think of the pick? And after they ask me the question, I have time to process it, right? So I have time to process it and, and make an explanation of why it was a good pick. But they always like to film me when the pick happens so they can see my facial expression so they know if I think it's a good, good pick or not. Like when they picked Cleve Farrell, and I was like, what? You know, like I, I, didn't, I didn't understand at four, right? I thought that that was way too. And that, that was the first thing I said at four? You know, but when, man, when they picked Jihad Ward, I just had this look of death on my face. Like, what in the world just happened? Like, someone just stole a little homie. You know, someone just stole my turtle and ran with him. Come to find out years later, little homie was going to run away. But uh, that, you know, it's just, I know, turtle ran away. It's not supposed to be heard of. I get it. It happened. 447 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Close out the show. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just got a few more minutes left in uh, today's show. Close things out. Make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Demond will be in, running the mothership, holding it down. Appreciate him as always. We got a lot of moving parts going on around here. I'll be on ESPN Las Vegas tomorrow morning with Adam Hill. Me and Adam Hill taking over the press box. Have you guys ever done a show together before? No. Ooh, can't wait for that one. Yes. Hey, man, that's what we do. You know, I've I've learned that I can do a show with anybody. Oh, yeah, that's just about every weekend with ESPN. Right, exactly. I get some guys, and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But, you know, this it's, it's basically one of those things, man. You learn how to do a show with anybody, and Adam Hill's really fun anyway. So uh, that, that'll be cool being a part of the, the press box on tomorrow, and I believe Thursday I'll do that 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. And, uh, yeah, again, we have a lot of moving parts. JT the Brick will be off on Thursday and Friday. So on Thursday... What are we doing? There's, Jesse oh, Merrick yeah, no. and Eddie Pascal. Yeah, they're going to fill in for for JT from noon to 2, and then we're going to do the regular show 2 to 5. But in the morning show, it's going to be three hours of upon further review. So they're going to do oh. special teams, offense, <laughs> defense, and special teams. And you you just – is that a sigh of relief? You it, just was, it was. It was. <laughs> because this is like us – this is a work meeting just on the, on the air right now. So we, so we do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes that's, that's what we got to do is peel back the curtain a little bit. Again, it's, it's that time of year – Folks are getting their last second uh, vacations in and uh, also having to do some stuff with their families. So uh, got to take care of that quick, fast, and a hurry because training camp's next week. So uh, that's just how it goes. I have a couple little nuggets for cover three that I wanted to go ahead and get to a little NFL news and notes of the day. Talked about it with John McClain. The Texans have a new helmet. It's called Battle Red Helmet. It looks like it's uh, very Texas Tech-like. Uh, so they're gonna play. They're gonna use that on a on a Thursday night game, I do believe. So that's that's kind of cool. Whatever. I know a lot of Raider fans would like to see a an alternate helmet for the silver and black, but I guess I'm still uh, old school. Where I, I just I like the way that it looks right now. I don't think that the Raiders need to do anything to their uniforms or their helmets. But I know a lot of people would like to see them updated. Hold on. Did you see like those Spurs that alternate that they have, like that new jersey for the Spurs? No. But it's basically like what Raider fans are talking about for an alternative of just you know like that black on black. And it looks good, man. That's all I'm saying. You know, if somebody just threw all the mock up and it was just like, hey, DC, just wear this as a prototype and let's see what the reaction we get on Twitter or whatever. Right. I think people would be like, yo, that's kind of nice. Just for one game, like a Thursday game when they had to do the color rush. Because didn't the Raiders just do like all white on the color rush? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was, was kind of that old AFL look or whatever mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that was kind of cool. 
Uh, you know, some some folks want to see that all black look. I, like I said, I, I like their uniforms that they have. I don't need to see that. But the Texans have a new helmet, so you'll see that. Uh, you know, coming up throughout the course of the season. There's also another report that the Vikings and Raiders are uh, still talking with Ndamukong Sue. I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that the Vikings aren't, but uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see if uh, if the Raiders do in fact engage in conversation with uh, Sue at all. He coming in. I know he wants to be a Raider, but I don't know how much the Raiders want him to be a Raider, but they do have an open roster spot. So of course that leads to speculation. So there's that uh, former Raider wide receiver, Henry Ruggs. He was in court this morning. A Las Vegas judge ruled that uh, blood alcohol tests are permitted as evidence in the case of uh, the former Raiders running or wide receiver. Uh, of course, he's been accused of driving 156 miles an hour while drunk causing a crash that Obviously killed 23-year-old Tina Tentor and her dog. But uh, his ju- his uh, lawyers were really trying to work to get that blood alcohol test out, basically saying that the, the police had no uh, real cause to, to actually get the, the blood test, which I don't even know how he fixes his face to say that, that they didn't have any cause for that. I'm not the guy to get into the back and forth and the, you know, the loopholes that lawyers, that's what they get paid the big bucks for. But as a layman, layman looking in from the outside, it's pretty obvious why they had cause to draw his blood to find out his blood alcohol level. But that's just me. I ain't the brightest guy in the world. So there's that. Uh, Rob Gronkowski said he's retired and he's staying retired. Uh, ESPN's Mike Rice, uh, he actually talked to him today in New England. He's on some business adventure, and he said if Tom Brady calls, he'll pick up the phone and talk to him because, well, it's Tom Brady. Why wouldn't you do that? But he's not coming back to the game of football if he asks him to come back. So I was one of those that believed that he was not retired uh, officially. And if Brady calls him, he'll get back on the field and play. But uh, he has slimmed down a little bit and said, hey, I'm very comfortable. I want to get into the business world. I'm very comfortable with not playing the game of football. I've got, I've gotten a lot out of the game. I love it, but I ain't no going back for me. So uh, Rob Gronkowski, he says he is 100% officially retired. So we'll take him at his word. 4.55 is the time. That's going to do it for the show today. DeMond, appreciate your efforts as always. And uh, make sure you have a good evening and wake up with the morning tailgate. Vinny Bonsignor and Heidi Fang, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Radio Nation Radio 920. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it, Q. Um, Good to see you.